Welcome to ADHD Love Parent Talk, episode 80. Music, as we know, it reaches the brain and it reaches deep in the brain. It has the power to create new neurons. It has the power to connect the neurons as well. And it has the power to organize them because a brain that's not organized, a brain that goes all over the place, let's call it simple this way, will be organized by that steady, perfect input that it receives from the outside. And that is music. And that's what music does. And that's why it works. Hello, and welcome to the ADHD Love Parent Talk podcast. If you felt like you have been walking your path alone as an adult with ADHD, or as a parent with children with ADHD, you are finally home. I interview parents and professionals, including doctors, coaches, educators, and so much more so you can not only learn more information about ADHD, I also want you to have tools that you can put in your toolbox as you're going through your journey. Hey, my ADHD family, welcome to another episode of ADHD Love Parent Talk. I am Yakini. So one of the things I hear quite a bit is how music can help children and adults in the ADHD community. And I really wanted to talk to somebody about that a little bit more in detail in terms of why does it help those with ADHD or just any type of neurodivergent, um, you know, brain, I will say powers. (laughs) Um, So the big thing is, is that I really wanted to connect the dots because if it does help your children, that is something else that you can add to your toolbox. So Bella, welcome, 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 welcome. Thank you very much, Yakini, for inviting me. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm so glad that we were able to connect. So please tell the audience a little bit about you. Um, hi, everybody. I am Bella. I am a music teacher uh, that chose to work with neurodivergent children. So uh, I'm mostly working with autistic children and uh, ADHD children, and I just help them improve um, whatever they need to improve or work on in their you know little life if they need to become more confident i'm helping them with that if they need some boost with speech and language i'm helping them with that if they need to practice some social skills in a fun safe way (laughs) in my studio or on zoom meetings we are doing that if they need to um just improve their well-being we are working on that as well Mm. as um, as well as you know memory um, concentration skills and things like that yes but i haven't always been a music teacher this is what i've been doing for the last three years (laughs) i am a certified teacher who has taught from all year all age groups (laughs) from three years old up to 20 years old in 20 years of teaching career until i decided to follow my musician musicianship (laughs) big words (laughs) and just um work with them with these neurodiverse children uh, work that has brought so much reward and satisfaction Mm. to me as compared to my teacher's work i have to say (laughs) That is so cool. So cool. Um, So I want to jump dive or jump into the topic. So first of all, even though I did state that, you know, we're going to talk about how it helps, but does music help with people with ADHD? I would say uh, uh, definitely yes. And I would also say that 
you know, maybe depending on the child's background, if it's um, also related maybe to some other trauma or some underlying issues and so on, I would say that music helps a lot. It was the only tool that has ever worked successfully in my classroom as a teacher for all the year groups I ever taught. Oh. It was a powerful tool that I used for transition times, for pushing through tasks. Um, because as we know, with ADHD children, they might initiate the task and they might get excited about it in the beginning and then they are not finding that motivation strong enough to push through the task. So uh, music was a good stimulant and motivator as well. And I was using it for transitions, for concentration, for improving and developing memory skills. You know, if they needed to learn um, any uh, how to spell a word, we would make up a little chanting song about it. And it worked miracles for most of the children, not only just for ADHD children. If they were learning, you know, they were supposed to learn times tables or any other maths or a specific formula, you know, in maths or anything, I would just use music all the time. <laughs> any chanting, um, any any form of rap music as well that would get them into spell those words and understand those mathematical concepts, I would use that in the classroom. And now I'm using it here in mm. my own music studio, in my own sessions, yes. So what is really interesting, you had mentioned that you use it for transition. So what was something like that look like? Because that's one of the things we talk quite a bit in the ADHD community is how it's difficult to get kids to transition from one point to another. So how do you use music to help them transition? Well, in the classroom, for example, I was just, um, if there was tidy up time, I wouldn't even just say tidy up time. Uh, from the first day of school, I would just tell them this is our tidy up song and start singing it. And when it was tidy up time, whatever time of the day, you know, however many times it was required within the day, I would start singing it and play it on my guitar. Or if there was a YouTube version, I would just play sometimes the YouTube version to save my voice. Mm -hmm. And I would never say, pick up your toys, pick up that or put, pick up the papers. And once you finished, come on the carpet or anything. Uh, when I was making up the song, I would sing instructions to follow through oh. for each verse. And then they would say, this is time for that, this is time for that. And it when it was closer to the end, I could see how they were rushing because they knew it was the last verse of the song. So they, they knew that was, a, that's another thing that music helps with. It's also time management. If you have a song that, um, talks your child through, through all the steps they need in order to complete an action like brushing their teeth or tidy up their bedroom or um, I don't know making their bed or anything you want to do you just make it up it just has to be especially within a family it just has to be a child a song that the child really really loves in the classroom I, I was just choosing like a one of the nursery rhymes favorite songs <laughs> you know something like that um but um in my own sessions now i'm just using whatever the child or the parents tell me that is their favorite tune and we are using that to work on what we need to work so yeah that is really neat because i can see using um 
I mean, I don't sing very well, but I <laughs> I could see just even using certain music for cer representing certain transitions, just like you said, whether it's in the song that? lyrics or just something that they know. Okay, this time for me to clean up and do go to neck, you know, go yes. to the next, yes. yeah. Next and point. going to next, like a next transition. So, for example, if they got dressed and I'm singing, you know, I'm singing to my daughter when she gets dressed in the morning, dressed up, I'm saying, you know, whatever her name is, let's mm -hmm. go with Polly. I always give Polly as an example. <laughs> easy name it just goes with everything in my song so if i just sing you know polly put your tights on polly put your tights on polly put your tights on it's time to have breakfast or whatever this next thing is it's time to put your skirt on or let's move on or whatever it is and after she got all dressed if she needs to go downstairs i'm saying something i'm i'm kind of making the transition easier again by saying we're marching 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 downstairs and we are swinging and doing all the actions nice. and they love all of this because they need something in that moving next if it's an easy move um you know um that doesn't require moving actually physically the child from there to there i it sometimes it just goes naturally because i sang at the end this time for whatever and if that next action is just here you know not very far then i don't need to add more details gotcha. but if it's going all the way downstairs or you know marching to the hall for an assembly like it was at school which required marching for i don't know like 100 meters or something like that i would just keep them focused by marching and swinging and let's be a monkey now left right left right and things like that and they absolutely loved it mm -hmm. and as we know, all of this movement also creates dopamine, increases dopamine, you know, uh, the happy hormone as well. And they were just cheerful and happier and willingly, you know, to carry on with the next task. Love that. So I absolutely kind of love short. that. Yeah, no, that is really good. That's clever. So does it matter? So we had talked about transitions, but, you know, whether they're studying or whether they are um doing it more active activity will doesn't matter to have the right music accompanying that action does that make mm. sense yes it makes sense but there uh, there's not an answer for the right music for each person so for example my husband he has adhd uh, every time when he works and he wants to be like really focused he puts his headphones on and all i can hear because they are really loud all i can hear um is that type of electro music electronic mm. music and it keeps him focused and he does it now if you wanted me to focus and you put me that music <laughs> i wouldn't do very well it would annoy me really badly right. so you you kind of you know with your own child or with yourself you kind of have to work out and see see what's really working because for some children if they are it's really good to have Okay, let's go back to some basics. When we want to do a task that it's, um, we don't find that much pleasure in it. I don't know, like cleaning the house. We, as far as I know, most people put some music on, some upbeat music mm -hmm. on to keep them motivated and so on. You go to the gym, you'll have again some music, or you go for a run, you'll have some music. So when we want to do some 
tasks that we know they are necessary, but we might not be that keen or we might need some extra motivation on. We use music to kind of motivate ourselves. But sometimes there is that worry that if a child has to do homework, oh, they shouldn't have music on because it distracts them. But it's not true because if they don't have something that can stimulate their brain and keep their brain actually really engaged, which is what music does, they're going to get distracted by a noise downstairs, by the neighbor, by the bird flying by the window, by the noise of the fridge, by somebody, you know, I don't know, hitting a chair or something or, you know, tripping over a chair or a lot of the other, these kind of noises. So I am, I've noticed with my daughter and with all the children I worked with, I always put music in the classroom when they were having a test or when they were when we were just working on different things and they never told me to stop it. Now, I was trying to work in the classroom all the time. I tried to put music with no words. It doesn't mean that it was all classical, very slow music and so on. On the contrary, I was trying to find some upbeat music. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes those back backing tracks of familiar songs that they knew, pop songs that they knew, um, but no words because I thought that words probably would be too much while they were trying to think and so right. on. And I didn't have any children that ever told me to stop. I had management sometimes worried, but when they see, saw their work, they were usually not worried. That was in the beginning, you know, before knowing right. me that I'm really working with music. So, yeah, I would say, you know, um, you kind of have to find out, you know, for yourself or for your child, what music would be the best. Um, I worked at some point with um, some teenagers and they were into rap music. And you know how those words go fast one after another. Mm -hmm. I couldn't even say them as English is not my first language. I could never keep up with what they were saying. Um, but they loved it and they didn't mind it when uh, they were supposed to have, you know, some collaborative work or when they were supposed to produce a type of work. They didn't mind it. They didn't mind it. They wanted it on. They were asking me, can we have so and so? And sometimes I'd say no, because I have to vet them. I have to listen to it first it's... to make sure it's appropriate. <laughs> but if I knew it was, you know, uh, appropriate for them, I'd put it on. And I could see how they were doing their work and sometimes stopping and saying the words of the song and then going back to their work. So it was really fascinating to see how they can dip in and out without actually any distraction and how music was motivating them and pushing helping them to push and see through you know the end of a task otherwise it would have been really difficult for me to keep them um engaged i would say for a long time and it's the same in my sessions yeah Oh, and the reason why it works i have to say that to make sense it's because as we know, um, children with ADHD, they find it difficult, you know, to um, some of them, of course, there's this variety, uh, you know, and so on, difficult to to focus, to sustain that focus and also self-regulate and reduce thoughts and filter through the thoughts that are priority and mm -hmm. thoughts that are not priority. But 
in order for that, um, in order kind of for their brain to regulate and regulate the thoughts and even prioritize, they need a perfect steady input on their mm -hmm. brain so mm -hmm. that it helps regulate the neurons. Whilst when we talk, we can't provide that perfect input because I'm not kind of speaking at a perfect steady beat, am I? <laughs> no. And whatever noises happen outside or around them, they don't happen with that predictability either. But music, as we know, it reaches the brain and it reaches deep in the brain. It has the power to create new neurons. It has the power to connect the neurons as well. And it has the power to organize them because a brain that's not organized, a brain that goes all over the place, let's call it simple this way, will be organized by that steady, perfect input that it receives from the outside. And that is music. And that's what music does. And that's why it works. That I wanted to make sure I yeah. say the last part. No, no, no. I love that. And I can see that with my children, um, especially with my daughter. My daughter also, I mean, I've played music to them since they were in my tummy. I mean, I literally have always played music to them. And it's really interesting to see my daughter. She will, when she needs to calm, she'll listen to music. You know, like if she's really excited when she needs to calm, she'll listen to music. When she reads, she'll listen to music. When she studies, she listens to music and she'll listen to different type of music depending. So to your point, if it's distracting, there's certain music she can't listen to, but she'll listen to something. And it makes a huge difference. Both of my kids go to sleep to music. Well, it we 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 have over the years played different things so you know first it was like classical then it was light rock and then it was jazz now it is more like nature sounds um and they absolutely love that but music has always been a part of all of our lives and it really does it's almost like you're right it's almost like it it's it's like fidgeting and listening to the teacher right it's just taking care of a part of their brain where they don't have to think about anything else because that music is is taking that you know yes. i don't know the official terms for it but it's almost like it is um keeping that part busy so they can focus and it's yeah. really cool to see mm -hmm. definitely it keeps all the other distractions away because mm -hmm. The brain, the music has already taken care of it through yeah. all the things that happen in the music, you know, through all the rhythm, the, the rhythmicality, the music, the different notes, the layers that are added to all of this music as well. So, um, yeah, all of this is taken care of. And also it, it soothes, doesn't it? Yeah. And it organizes the brain, it self-regulates. And, um, you know, the brain that is... Uh, regulated can do a lot more <laughs> and is ready for learning or for um, you know doing the next task or job or you know whatever the child or the person needs to do so definitely i agree with that i love that and yeah. so and you have and to I'm find it for you. you have to find it for you for yourself like you said and um mm -hmm. um oh i wanted to say something oh yes and and why is another reason why music is so natural to us it's because we're kind of born with it i mean the 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 child listens in his mother's womb for nine months to the heartbeat doesn't it mm -hmm. and we have a, a a heartbeat that beats at the same you know 
pattern all the time and then we walk we run at, at a specific rhythm at a specific pace that it's it's ours so mm -hmm. it's rhythm it's kind of innate to us yeah. and sometimes like you said it's not on it's not actually about the melody in a song it's about that rhythm mm -hmm. that it can provide to soothe you that's why the nature sounds work because they all have that predictability and that um specific rhythm that they happen at so yes definitely mm -hmm. that's another reason why it works it's just innate to us and we thrive on the music and with music yeah i love that and i'm assuming because i i mentioned it in terms of if it's worked for my children since they were infants um i'm assuming that it works for children all, all ages all the way through adulthood right Yes, from what I noticed and from what I've seen in my 20 years of teaching, mm -hmm. um, I, I haven't seen a child that it hasn't worked with. I had parents that told me, uh, oh, when my um, when I'm starting sing when I'm starting singing, uh, my child shushes me. And there are a few reasons for that, you know, but one of them might be there was an autistic child and they had perfect pitch and the parent was not singing at the perfect pitch he knew that the song wasn't so obviously so if that was sorted out the child didn't shush the parent anymore um so and, and like you said uh, you mentioned that you don't have a great singing voice you don't have to again it's not particularly the singing and the melody that soothes that much is the rhythm that you keep so technically sometimes what worked with some of the children that come and see me we are just wrapping the song the nursery rhyme twinkle twinkle a little star or we are clapping it or we are tapping on our knees as well or we are marching it in the marching rhythm we transform you know any lullaby any song in a marching song because that is what com what's coming actually the rhythm the rhythmicality the pr predictability um of that particular song and that's so, really interesting yeah. i've also heard that sometimes the child the neurodivergent child doesn't always need the predictability like um I, I was talking to somebody else where the music they have actually has like a different it's not like a rhythm it's almost like the sound is coordinated but it's almost like against each other it's not like a perfect flow and mm -hmm. it seems to also help some kids focus because it isn't a perfect rhythm. Have you heard of that before where I've, I've heard of a similar concept. So that's why I kind of said, and you, as we know, um, you know, uh, ADHD as well as uh, autism, it's quite a, such a large spectrum, isn't it? And each individual is so different. And, you know, I work with a lot of, ch a lot of children, um, with a few hundreds, um, I'm kind of currently working in and out, in and out. And uh, what works for one, it kind of never works for the other one. I, mm -hmm. I have to adapt it all the time. But um, I think um, you may be familiar with those singing bowls. Mm -mm. No. Yes. So anyway, maybe some there are some of them, there are metal, bo metal balls and it's like um, a spoon in kind of a spoon. And if they go round, they kind of make a sound and they have absolutely no percussion, no beat to it. Mm. It's just a sound like a humming sound, like you would go. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. 
or she yes. and it goes on and on and technically like you said it has no beat there's no actually nothing to be predictable it might go louder or quieter but you don't know when but there are lots of children that i work with and their families that find it really really relaxing <laughs> so yes it just works um it's also part of the you know the vibrations and the sounds you know they they were talking about sound therapy you know there there are talks recently about sound therapy which again has nothing to do with the rhythm and predictability so it really depends of everybody and as parents or educators you really kind of have to dig deep and see what works for your child i had a child who seemed to never listen to any music but then i heard from the parent that they are playing um, video games and each video game that I knew or heard of, they all have a type of music incorporated in there. So all I had to do was to find um, music from different video games, listen to it, see what they have in common, uh, all of those you know, tunes from those video games see what they have in common and i reproduced it when they came over here and the child got engaged immediately so it was all about the sounds the instruments that they connect with because if somebody might connect with the drums really well somebody might just connect with the electric guitars and when i come they come here i play the ukulele they won't be impressed with that so they won't engage with it at all so yeah you you do have to find what works I love that. And so like, how does a parent get started helping their children or even a teacher, you know, whoever works with neurodivergent children, how do they get started? How do they find the right music if, you know, the children really don't know um, exactly what they like yet? Like, how do they introduce that concept to them? Um, just start if you if you remember you you know you were going to music groups a few years ago and you remember that your child was responding really well to a particular song from there. If you remember it, start with that one and start singing that song so you bring those memories back. But then start adapting it. If the child needs to put their shoes on, sing to them to put their shoes on on that uh, you know tune. If the child needs help with some regulation on the way back from school. For for example, or back from a stressful event, sing that in the car and start introducing it and see, you know, how they respond and then find some other songs that have a similar, a similar way, a similar, you know, they are constructed the same way. If you remember, if you find it on YouTube and you see that there are guitars playing or violins or whatever, just find something that, uh, or ask Alexa to find <laughs> similar songs because it's good at playing similar songs. Mm -hmm. So you can find, you know, something like that, that is similar and start introducing it slowly, slowly, see how your child responds. If they don't respond very well, just don't give up. Just try a different genre, try, try and pay attention when they watch a movie do they really listen to um, uh, to the uh, to the last like five minutes where they play mm. lots of melody and they show the names of all the people because my daughter does that and that's how we, we realized that she's interested in classical music as they were playing um, most of them they kind of play instrumental 
modern or kind of classical, <laughs> modern classic at the end of those type of song of movies. So that's how we realized she was interested in classical music. I would have never. And we indeed, we put her some opera and some classical music and she was all fascinated. I would have never discovered that if my husband didn't tell me that. She keeps on asking me, she wants to watch the music at the end. And I said, what music at the end? Just, you know, how they play the music. I said, that's boring, but it was not boring to her. Those sounds and the song just created something. So just pay attention, you know, what do they listen to, you know, in a movie? And if they play video games, like I said, just see what type of music is in that video games with words, without words, uh, what instruments are they? A lot of instruments or not so many instruments because while some children thrive under a lot of instruments and you can see how they get excited, the more instruments I'm bringing in, the others find it totally overwhelming because it is overwhelming yeah. at some point for some of us to hear so many layers of the music. So if you see that bringing so many layers to music, you know, you singing or dad singing and the brother singing, the three of them singing to a child, all of them on different pitches, <laughs> you know, if they are not trained musicians, they, right, right. they might not sing in tune. So it's all, you know, a bit overwhelming. And also try it, try it when the child is feeling okay. Mm. I wouldn't say that at the end of a meltdown or during a meltdown or during a distressful situation, start singing because you heard from me that this helps. Indeed, it helps. But try it when the child is okay first to see how they are, because taking them by surprise and doing something that you haven't done in a long time or you've never done, I don't think it will it might go well, but it right. might not go well. Right. So I think this will be like um Start with just observing your child, first of all, and then take tiny little steps. And um, if you see that they work, build more. And don't, you don't have to wait a week or two or three and build it slowly. No, if you see the good response, build it, build it, build it up as much as you can. Mm -hmm. And if you end up singing in public in the park every time when you go or while standing in a queue, we sing sometimes when we stand in a queue and wait at the tills or we march. And so what? I prefer marching and staring from the people instead of a meltdown or a dysregulated child that I have to deal for an hour or two afterwards, you know. And it's it's not particularly how I prefer. It's for their mental, you know, and for general well-being, isn't it? They have fun sitting in the queue. Yeah, we get some stares, you know, people staring at us. But it's it means a lot to her to feel that way instead of feeling down yeah. because he really got dysregulated. She had to wait in a long queue, for example, or at the airport when we went in the uh, in the aeroplane uh, last summer, we did the same thing. Everything was transformed into a game. Let's march to the next beat. Let's march. And I sang through the security. So <laughs> what? <laughs> I didn't mind. They find it funny as well. <laughs> so I did sing because she was flying for the first time. Mm. And I, I recommended to a lot of parents to do this type of, um, you know, the social stories that they talk yes. about. Yep. I'm talking yeah. about uh, social, um, uh, social singing <laughs> stories. Yes. So it's like social stories. We just sing what's happening, you know, and we are singing what's next. We are doing the next bit and the next bit. And I recommend it to a lot of parents because here in the UK, a lot of them went abroad and did 
big holidays over the summer, thinking that another lockdown might come. And I recommended I recommend this type of social singing, I called it, <laughs> social story singing, um, to a lot of parents. And they all said that it worked. And mm-hmm. they said they got embarrassed sometimes. And sometimes they said it just worked. And they became more and more confident that they were doing the right thing for their child. Good, and good. good. And, and it's fun for them. That. Yeah, and they enjoy it. So yes 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 and you know um how it is because um it's well known that the music activates the whole brain Mm -hmm. so when you tell a child let's do this this relates to speech that's in the left hand side hemisphere but when you sing to them let's do this they're singing because it's music goes into the right hand side brain and it has to create a bridge to the left hand side brain and while creating that bridge it engages actually both hemispheres to work together and that's why it's kind of engaging all the brain it puts everything in 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 movement it includes you know the audio the visual and then it includes the movement and so it engages the whole brain so the child ends up doing what you're asking them to do (laughs) what you're singing them to do I love that. I love that. So is there anything that you miss? Any last comments that you want to make to the parents about music and um, the neurodivergent brain? Um, I believe that parents can help their children more than I can do or more than any other musician you'd go could actually do because you have already that bond with your child that trust that I am building in a few weeks actually when they come to me and that's why uh, like on on all my social media and last year I had a course for parents and I I want to empower the parents believe to believe and to try singing and uh, using music and doing musical activities with their children because the children will um, the children don't care if you have a good singing voice or if you can actually play that instrument that you are trying to mess around with during you know your bonding time with your child with music um all all they are interested in is to have that good fun to bring that dopamine level up that will help them push through different other tasks and um yeah just feel feel strong about it yes and don't, don't let anybody else tell you that you don't have a good voice and yeah. if, your child, if your child shushes you reach out we'll find the reason why <laughs> might oh, be the so music nice. is not good for them they might want other type of music or you might just want to play the original song instead of you singing yeah and we sing anyway we talk about that all the time i said who cares if we don't have good voice it's fun to sing it's fun just yeah, to have fun okay. right yeah Absolutely. So are there exactly. any types of resources um, that people can look up? I'm not sure if there was any types of, um, you know, I don't know if it's YouTube channels, books about this type of topic. There's not so much out there. There are a few books recommended to, uh, you know, written by music educators or music therapists. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, they're mostly known like in our world, not particularly to the parents or anything else. So. 
there's nothing um there's there's a book uh, oh i might need to send it to you and okay. maybe you just um uh, it's called music autism and kids mm -hmm. and it's uh, written by a music teacher the language is quite adequate for everybody to understand why music works mm -hmm. and she has good suggestions over there about like the nature sounds and also about natural instruments um, and natural sounds and good quality instruments because some of those neurodivergent children they really have a good musical ear and if you're going to play a very cheap guitar or a very cheap something instrument that you got from somewhere that sounds really horrible to them but they sound okay to you it's just like pain in their ears so we also have to be mindful of that so this lady um has uh, very good suggestions in there as well about different instruments that you can use and so on but most of the others know and unfortunately music is not that much well known as um, a good tool for uh, neurodiverse children unfortunately so i'm doing a big advocacy on that <laughs> it has to be more well known than it is to be honest but otherwise no there's not there's not that much out there mm. but you can start from any musical game hokey cokey do they like that do it musical statues do it <laughs> i love it and they will tell you what to do next and right. next right right yeah that's true that's very true they know what they enjoy so yeah that is very true so bella if they have any more questions for you how can people get a hold of you um i'm i i have a youtube paid a youtube channel sing create play um instagram and facebook sing create play and that's it awesome <laughs> oh, sing, create, play. awesome you kept it simple that's what i do too same across the board <laughs> Well, thank you. Thank you so much for coming. This was really, really interesting. So thank you, Bella. Thank you very much for inviting me. Absolutely. <laughs> thank you everybody for listening. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, everyone. So that closes up another episode of ADHD Love Parent Talk. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Bye, Bella. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on another episode of ADHD Love Parent Talk. If you enjoyed this episode, please do not forget to leave a review and join me as I talk with another exciting guest next week. Have a wonderful day.